Welcome to Rama for Today. You see, uh, you'd have to give, give, give a whole discourse on tongues. Tongues is all the same in essence, but it's different in purpose and use. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you speak with other tongues. You're not necessarily praying in tongues. Now, remember Carnesius' household down the 10th chapter of Acts? 10th chapter of Acts, 44 through the 46th verse. As Peter yet spake unto them, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us in the beginning. We heard them magnify God. They were praising, magnifying the Lord, worshiping God. See, that's a different, that, that's one area of prayer, all right? But yet, right on the other hand, it's not prayer in the sense of asking for something. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. Find out more next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Third chapter, third chapter of First Peter. Oh, Lord, I don't want to do that. Dear Father. <laughs> my, 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 my. Could we wait till another time on that? I believe it would be good to. Sometimes, you know, there's some things, well, whether you realize it or not, like, like the first conference they had up there in Jerusalem, and they wrote that letter to the Gentiles because some of them they went out, you know, the, those of the circumcision told these Gentiles, you can't be saved unless you're circumcised and keep the law. And so they wrote this letter and told them that from Jerusalem, wh where it all started from, the mother church, you know, and said they came out from us, but they're not of us. We didn't send them. And you don't have to do that. But they noticed he said it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. Seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, there's some areas, I'm not, I'm not talking about right conduct. We know the Bible tells us about that. But in, in doing things and preaching things and going to places, I, I've asked the Lord, and the Lord said, now, I'll just leave that up to you. I'll leave that up to you when you go. Well, I said, what am I doing this? He said, that's fine. If you won't do it, that'll be all right with me. Bible said, let us plead together. I mean, he'll talk to you and you talk to him. And sometimes there's some things, you know, that comes up and you spit it that might not be well just to give out right then. Maybe a more opportune time. Can you understand what I'm talking about? Or am I too far gone from it? Amen, because I got permission from the Lord. You know, you know, that's not unscriptural. Read Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Get down to the seventh chapter. And Paul tells you, and he gets down there, that husband-wife situation and all of that, married and not married. And people have struggled for years over that. And still do. But Paul said... Uh, Sometimes he said, now this is what the Lord said. But then sometimes he said, I'm saying this by permission. And then some, another time he said, that, one time he said, I got permission to say this. And another time he said, he just said, well, I just said that. But he said, I think also I have the Spirit of God. So you'll find three different areas in that chapter. One of them he said, thus saith the Lord. That's what the Lord said. Another said, I've got permission to say that. He meant, meant God gave permission to say it. And then thirdly, he said, I just went ahead and said that myself. That's just me. I said that. But he said, uh, I think also I have the Spirit of God. Glory to God. That's pretty good company to be in with on Paul and some of them, you know. 
So I got permission there. Glory to God. I sure didn't want to get into that. I saw something here. I saw something here. But I didn't want to get into it right now. But it, it is, it is in, in a sense, related to what we're talking about. But look at the seventh verse. That's what I want you to get. Likewise, ye husbands. You know, sometimes, you know, you hear so much preaching about the wives. But the Bible has something to say about husbands. Huh? Come on. Did you ever notice that? Look at the first verse. Look at the first verse of that third chapter. Likewise, ye wives. Likewise, ye wives. Well, we go on reading that, but why stop there? Seventh verse, he said, likewise, ye husbands. God treats them all likewise. Did <laughs> you ever notice that before? Amen. Amen. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, that's uh, the wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Boy, you could preach a whole sermon on according to knowledge. Some folks are in a mess because they don't know anything. <laughs> you could really, you could really. Some poor fellow's got no knowledge at all. Amen. Amen. In every aspect. Well, listen. According to knowledge, giving honor. Man, you could preach a sermon there about honoring your wife. These wives would all be glad of it. As unto the weaker vessels. As being as together of the grace of life. Now, why does he want you to do that for? That your prayers be not hindered. Oh, my, 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 my. A lot of things other than the devil that hinders prayer. Don't lay it all off on the devil. We're not taking it up for the devil. Don't misunderstand me. Are you listening to me? But there are a lot of things besides the devil that hinders prayer. You can hinder it yourself. Your husband can hinder it. Say, well, what's he got to do with it? Well, the two of you are one flesh. You're not one spirit, but you're one flesh. Or your wives can hinder it. And you just have to admit, under certain conditions, you see, if you marry certain people, you forfeit certain rights. Well, if you forfeit certain rights, then that's going to hinder your prayers and your praying. You want me to get into some of that later on? No, that's not in my message right now. I'm trying to stay out of it. <laughs> well, so much. We'll get into in, in depth a little later on some of that. Be very interesting, won't it? Yes. So we do know this. To pray for kings and for all that are in authority. In our day, that would be the leaders or the rulers of our nation. And the Spirit will help us to pray according to the will of God. For you see, we know not for what to praise. We ought, but he does. 
Well, now, how does he help us to pray? 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, the 14th, 15th verses, Paul said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, Now, listen real carefully you see, and get all the scripture on the subject, and you have to come to this conclusion. You see, uh, you'd have to give, give, give a whole discourse on tongues. Tongues is all the same in essence, but it's different in purpose and use. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you speak with other tongues. You're not necessarily praying in tongues. Now, remember Carnesius' household down the 10th chapter of Acts? 10th chapter of Acts, 44 through the 46th verse. As Peter yet spake unto them, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us in the beginning. We heard them magnify God. They were praising, magnifying the Lord, worshiping God. See, that's a different, that, that's one area of prayer, all right. But yet, right on the other hand, it's not prayer in the sense of asking for something. Amen? Amen. But here Paul's talking about, you see, he's not talking about receiving the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues. He's talking about folks who are filled with the Holy Ghost praying in tongues. You pray to God. Amen. Amen. And then we can see also from the Word of God that the Word of God talks about, we might say, addressing the assembly or the church in tongues with interpretation which is a different use of tongues and a different purpose and a different use entirely. Because you remember the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul said, and, and that'll be our next, we'll, we'll get, go into detail about this. I'm just hitting some high spots now, getting you ready. Getting your old rusty gears to going up there in your head, get you to thinking. We'll go into detail about tongues. But again, he said, let the prophets speak two or three and the other judge. And he went right on and said, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be but two at the most three. He's talking about addressing the congregation. Two or the most three in that course and let one interpret. He's not talking about praying. Those are only three areas of tongues mentioned in the Bible. I said, that's the only three areas of the use of tongues mentioned in the Bible. Now, folks have told us, tried to tell us, they can't tell us, can't prove it by the scripture, can't give any scripture for it. That there is a tongue that nobody but the devil understands. So you talk to the devil in tongues. I call that ignorance gone to seed. Amen. Amen. Now I was talking personally to one of these persons. Well, you know what scripture to base it on? Well the Bible said there are diverse kinds of tongues. And so this is one kind. Yeah but. In use, what illustration does the Bible give us? None but these three. Are you following me? Now, a person might have some kind of experience over in the spirit realm sometime, but then that's just an isolated experience. But you don't go building doctrine on that. Amen? So you see, I just said all that to you to show you where we... If we're not careful, we get in the ditch on one side or we get in the ditch on the other side. We get in the ditch on this side where we don't know a thing in the world about praying with the Spirit. Or we get in the ditch on this side that, that we get all kind of these so-called new revelations, you know, and so on. And other folks, like I mentioned yesterday, one man phoned in here just a week before. 
homecoming. He went to some kind of service he's invited to go to check up on. He said for four hours and a half, the whole congregation, all they did was, he said, actually, the kind of tongue, whatever they're speaking in, didn't seem right. I mean, and he said, they said they was tormenting the devil. Well, I don't know why they'd have to torment him. Jesus already whipped him. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources, including messages that expounds this month's subject. Our offer for this month is a four-volume series on the subject of prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Each one of the volumes includes four CD teachings on prayer. That's 16 CDs in all. Some of the CD titles are Praying for Your Nation, Praying with the Help of the Holy Spirit, United Prayer in the Prayer of Faith, and so many more. These four sets are normally priced for $112, but for this special offer, they're now only $56. That's a 50% savings off the retail price. Don't delay. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rama.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Mark your calendar. Uh-huh. So I want you to go mark your calendar for November 3 through the through 5th, 5th for the right. men's call to arms men's conference. Yes. Hey, it's going to be great. We'll tell you more about it later, but I wanted you to mark your calendar, okay? That's right. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan on praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org for other life-changing resources. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.